As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Welcome to a packed episode of On Farm. Thanks for being with us. My name's Monty, Ross Montague. Right now, I'm sitting in a field of sheep, giving a look to some ewes and lambs on a glorious sunny evening here in Lauderdale. It's great to be outside. I've spent a large part of the week in my little office, recording remote interviews for this podcast. And, of course, like many of you, trying to make an effort at homeschooling around the kitchen table. I'll tell you what, if there's any teachers listening, I take my hat off to you. It's definitely not business as usual at the moment, in so many ways. But this episode is all about business. Specifically, the business done every summer over the four days of the Royal Highland Show. Hello, I'm Caroline from Ogilvy Spirits. We're producers of Scottish potato vodka that we make at my husband's family farm in Angus. Robert Taylor from uh... Dales Agri Sales Agency Limited in Allendale, Northumberland. We're farm machinery importers. We take a stand at the Highland Show because it's got a fantastic um, base for our products, um, with it being a farming-based show and us being farmers that have diversified to produce potato vodka. Um, we've got a, a great audience there who are willing to sample and um, also hopefully going to buy. We've been going to the Highland Show for 15 consecutive years um, as Dales Agri Sales Agency. Prior to that, the founder and managing director of the company, Charlie Halliday, had been, he hasn't missed a show for 40 years apart from foot and mouth. That's how highly we regard uh, the Highland Show for our business. Last year was actually our first year at it. It's taken us a while to get into the Highland Show, especially I think when you're a smaller producer and a, a lesser known brand. It's just a, a great way to have all that footfall there and you put yourself in, in front of them and, and show what you've got to offer. We look forward to the, the Highland Show because we know we're going to get some business. We've got the social aspect where we meet a huge number of our past customers and current customers and also most importantly new customers. I take a stand at the Highland Show because it puts us front and centre in front of a heap of consumers. It's Jock here from Macbeth's Butchers based up in Forest in Murray. We specialise in Highland and Shorthorn beef from our own farm Edinvale. We also have found that we've picked up suppliers at the Highland Show and also customers, and so the ongoing business that we've had from it has been incredible. When somebody's relaxed and you, you've got a rapport with them, the business seems to flow. It, it's a lot easier to talk about, uh, you know, the finances and the machinery when people are relaxed and happy, you know, in your company. And, and that's the way we've always um, found the best business to, to, to work. Ogilvy Spirits, Dale's Agri and Macbeth's Butchers some of the many trade stand holders we're hearing from in this on-farm episode. 
It's the fourth in our special series in association with the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. The Highland show, when you're there, can feel like a bit of a whirlwind. It's always packed, busy, trade stands all around, everyone looking to hook you in, lots of chat, voices, people you know, lots going on. Everyone seems to be grabbing your attention. I think in this episode, we're going to try and replicate that. We're going to bombard you with voices and we're going to try to get as close as we can to the real frenetic Highland Show experience. Hello, I'm Kim Cameron, the founder of Gin Bothy and Kerry Muir. So back in 2015, I decided to go to the Highland Show for the first time. The first day, which is normally the quietest, we sold out within kind of four hours. So I was back in the van, straight back up to the Bothy to fill up. And the same thing happened on the Friday, um, back up the road to fill up and the same on the Saturday. And actually on the Sunday, we had no stock left. So it was a fantastic start to our Highland Show season. You're not going to generally sell, you know, a thirty, forty thousand pound machine in five minutes of meeting a a person. But it's amazing how many phone calls we'll get a year, eighteen months, two years, three years later. Is even they've seen us. They took a, a brochure. They had a cup of coffee, and then you know when the time is right for them to look for a certain piece of equipment, we're we're at the top of the list. My name is Gilbert Thompson. I'm the owner of Country Refreshments, based at Lanark Agricultural Centre. We cater at most of the large events throughout the country. I mean, the Highland Show is is the highlight of the year. And this would have been my 35th year, believe it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I was there was in 1985. Or any business that, that relates to agriculture at all has got to be at the Highland Show. We're well known there. We've got a lot of loyal customers. I mean, we're actually there for about 12, 13 days by the time we set up and break down and all the rest of it. So it's a big part of our season. The show is worth around £65 million every year to the Scottish economy. For those we've heard from so far, at least part of the value is about making sales over the four days. But of course, that's not all there is to it. Unlike a machinery tradesman who is hoping to to snare one or two tractor sales or, or bits of kit sales over the course of four days, we see it as very much a long term development of our business. My name is Robert Taylor. I'm a partner with Galbraith uh, Property Land Agents and Chartered Surveyors. I farm in Moanwright with my wife. But the day job is uh, a partner with Galbraith and I specialise principally in lending money through the Agricultural Mortgage Corporation and I also uh, value and sell farms as well. From my understanding, there's a real kind of almost competitiveness amongst the estate agency type firms as to who can bring the properties onto the market before the Highland Show and have them advertised, you know, in the week running up and then showcase them at the show. Is that, that, that that's a big thing for you, isn't it? Do you know, Monty, we would all deny it, but on record, it's absolutely the case. To have the Scottish farmer opened up in the Highland Show preview and uh, who's got the most pages of farms, it's just a good thing to see. It shows that you've, you've cultivated business, you're there to do business, and that also creates a buzz itself. You know, you, then you have, as I said, professionals like lawyers coming around who are maybe acting for a, a seller or a purchaser. And they'll maybe want to speak to one of our, our, our agents about it. Just pegging back a wee bit, Monty, we, we joined the Highland Show a, a number of years ago. And to be honest with you, I'm the old guard at uh, Gobraith, I'm not entirely sure they realised what they were missing. Because since we've been at the Highland Show, it has made a huge difference to our business. Our profile as a a rural uh, specialist in property has uh, grown tenfold, not just with the farming community, but with the general public who obviously visit the show too. Uh, We were very lucky to get a pitch 
during an unfortunate time for another company who uh, who decided not to take their stand that particular year and it's dead dead men's shoes literally so we managed to get our uh, foot in the door in a prime location behind the grandstand and we would not miss the Highland show for all the tea in China. On the four days that we are active at the show, we can have people walking into our stand that we might not hear again for two years. But if they've met us and we've introduced ourselves, we've cultivated that connection. Hopefully they'll maybe give us a call one day when they need some help. And presumably it's people put a face to the name of the experts who've maybe read a comment from in the paper, etc. Is that it's the face-to-face that's important to you, is that right? That that's absolutely absolutely right. I think sometimes some of us some of our colleagues get hunted down, me included. We'll get lawyers and accountants and bankers coming to say hello to us that we're doing mutual business with, you know, trying to tie a deal together. The deal may already have been done, but it's just a case of pressing the flesh. And as you well know, Monty, the the Highland Show is a hugely social event. Uh, I sometimes really struggle with the the fine line that is uh, business and pleasure. It's so much fun, you know, and we do have hospitality on our stand. I know... um, it can turn into a few old uh, hoorie alley, as they say in Gaelic. But uh, I, uh, I think it's just a great thing we can offer people a glass of something cold and a light refreshment. We are really uh, open our, our doors. It's hospitality. We're not there. There's no hard sell. And if people want to come and speak to us, as I said, in, in months or years to come after that, then that's what we do. Just across the aisle from Gilbraith's, every year at the show, is the Watson Seeds stand. These days, Watson's is a big business, a familiar name, and a show sponsor with the well-known Watson's clock by the side of the main ring. I spoke to Johnny Watson. Johnny recalled the Highland Show was a key launch pad on the very first day of his new business back in 1990. Day one of uh, the Watson Seeds business for for me was the actual Highland Show. So those four days in 1990, 30 years ago, were very, very key for me. The extraordinary thing about the Highland Show, which which um, anybody in business will know, is that you know I rattled round and, and spoke to a good two hundred clients potentially over the four days, and got invitations from a whole pile of farmers to come and see them. And the, the Highland Show gave me that platform to see people and get the opportunity to follow that up with with farm visits. Yeah, and in terms of um, sponsorship, Johnny, you're you're very visual with the sponsorship of the, the clock, etc. Does you know the, the the whole opportunity of branding and awareness at the show is that that must be of, of huge benefit as well. Yes, and, and it was probably as a little fledgling business somewhat audacious of me to put the clock up in from Hamilton and Inches, dare I say it. I certainly certainly couldn't afford to buy the damn thing, but I did because <laughs> I thought long term this is this is going to be a, a good mark for who we want to be. The clock at the time, which had been very generously donated, I think, by the McRobert Trust or somebody, was all tumbled down and not really looking quite the part. So um, I volunteered to uh, put something up that was more fit for purpose. And funny, as a wee boy, I think maybe seven or eight, I remember meeting my mother under the clock. That's It's a meeting point, and it's quite ironic people meet, meet under the clock still. You know, it's a... It's a nice um, thing, and I think we 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 made it fit for purpose. I think the, the clock looks correct in the main ring. So yeah, you you your stand at the show. You have um, you have hospitality, and obviously your whole team there um, speaking to customers, old and new, 
clients old and new, advising them. Is it? It's a very important aspect of linking up with your customers and doing business, is it? Well, I, I think a lot of businesses, sadly, they don't appreciate the fact that it's not a question of if you can afford to host such a thing. Is Can you afford not to, in my eyes? Because it galvanizes my ladies and gents who, who work in the admin world, uh, people involved in production. They all get to see how our team that are with the farmer operate. And it's a chance to introduce people from um, the administrative side of the business. I, th- I think it really has made the staff in the office particularly recognize the nature of where we fit in in the industry obviously farmers are phoning all the time to order seed well if they've met at the highland show it's much easier that uh, oh it's you Lindsay. i remember chatting to you at the show and all this kind of thing right from the very start of my seedsmanship going round farms which included everywhere from kirkubri to caithness the farmers have been incredibly welcoming when you call i remember one day in dumfrieshire i was too ashamed to tell the gentleman at one o'clock I didn't want my three-course lunch because I'd already had one at 12 o'clock. It's that, that kind of friendliness and hospitality that you you get uh, on farm if you're calling, uh, conducting your business. And we, we're very strong about the feeling we need to repay that and hence, hence the pavilion and a small thank you for all the hospitality that the, the sales force and myself enjoy on farm. Thanks again to Johnny Watson. This on-farm podcast is about business, and so I was keen to gather the views from one of the major banks, Royal Bank of Scotland, who have, of course, been the main sponsor of the show for almost 40 years now. Roddy McLean, I'm Director of Agriculture for the Royal Bank of Scotland. My personal involvement stems from coming as as a kid and my interest in the sector growing, and I've spent the last far too many years making my living from either working in or supporting the sector. It wasn't a difficult decision many years ago to become a member of the society. The bank has been involved since 1981, so almost 40 40 years of a partnership with the society. It wouldn't have endured if it hadn't met the needs of both parties. I say it's a great showcase for us. The society has purpose and it allows us to set our stall out and either engage directly or indirectly with almost 200,000 people that visit the show over over the four days, whether it's at the branch or wandering around the showground, bumping into our ambassadors or just being aware of the, the branding and the imaging that's everywhere to be seen along the alleys and in the in the big sheds. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that then, um, the sort of value placed on the show by RBS as, as the mainline sponsor? Yeah, well, the, the show celebrates the best in the sector. It brings the public and the agricultural community together and lets our farming businesses and us reach our customers. It has purpose, which um, ties in well with the bank's ethos Um say the society is about people who value Scotland and who live in rural Scotland, which is a whole most of Scotland really. We as a bank want our customers and the communities in which we live and work in to thrive and if that happens we'll be successful too. And it's testament to the society that 
it hasn't lost its heart as a, an agricultural show, that it's widened its reach and relevance to the wider public in Scotland. We're going to come back and hear more from Roddy McLean later on in this episode. So, the secrets to a successful agricultural show. It's a balancing act, isn't it? You've got to stay true to the farming roots of the event, but you've also got to have that broad appeal to get the general public through the gates. I'm Alad Rhys-Jones. I'm a farmer's son from Carmarthenshire in uh, West Wales. Back in 2015, I was very fortunate to have been awarded a Nuffield Farming Scholarship to look at the future of agricultural societies and shows. These events are such a big stimulus to drive economic activity, whether that's in, in bookings in hotels and, and, and all the various knock-on implications of the events and, and the trade that goes on during the event. I guess, though, that it's key that the shows stick to their agricultural roots because that seems to be the glue that holds it together, isn't it? That's what the audience come to see, whether they are urban or rural. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and um, one of the things that I reported on in, in the Nuffield report was it's so important important that a show maintains its agricultural identity and the look and the feel of, of a genuine credible farming event and, and and that was clearly something that had changed in the states so there was a lot more funfair rides um, music concerts it was a, is a big entertainment extravaganza still with quite an important farming um, you know components a lot of livestock would be showed in these events um, but but clearly you don't want to get the mix wrong and I, I remember one of the sort of golden rules that we used to have at the Royal Welsh Show is we'd always make sure that 60% of the uh, the showground would be dedicated to agricultural stands and only 40% would be then left for, for commercial stands. So, so we'd have two sort of broad categories because we wanted to make sure um, that when people visited the Royal Welsh Show, they knew this was firstly and foremost a farming agricultural event. Because I think if you remember the public going to this event, you, you don't want to feel if, as if you're going to, to a fake farm fair you want a genuine event that was a conscious decision because financially um, because we would have two different rates we'd have a, a, an agricultural trade stand rate which would be much cheaper than the commercial rate um, given our charitable um, objectives and we would then obviously make a decision that we, that we would forego some income because we wanted to protect that farming component within the event. Um, so, so, so the income we would have from that forty percent of the showground would be much, much more than the income we have from the sixty percent. But, but that was a was was a nice sort of golden rule, a rule of thumb, which which served us well at the Royal Welsh. Alid Jones, there. We're going to hear more of Alid's insights later in this series. But for now, we're moving on. We're going to look at how different rural businesses are coping in COVID lockdown. I think everyone wants to, to make out that we're doing our best on a bad job, but the Highland Show not appearing this year is not only a severe blow professionally, also just personally for, for the human element, being able to, to meet and see people. Obviously this year um, with COVID, um, we've been seriously hit. Um, all events are, are cancelled at the moment. Weddings as well, they've all been cancelled. I mean, we're pretty much um, got just got to write the season off, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's um, challenging. I think <laughs> most most businesses are finding this uh, quite a, a different period at the moment. But um, I think we're we're just trying to adapt as best we can. It is quite a big 
blow that we can't get out to all these events is, is quite a, a, an important part of our business but um, we're trying to come up with new ways of doing that and I, I think our, our digital presence is more important than ever right now um, that's really our main route to communicate with people so um, we've taken part in virtual farmers markets and, and things like that and wherever we can find routes to engage with our customers um, we're doing that we've done virtual tour of the distillery for people too to hopefully entice them when we are able to open again certainly that the, the the lack of of shows has focused the mind uh, of, of how to promote dales agri sales we are advertising more heavily in uh, the in the print sector and a lot more in um, social media so I should say from the outset, we have been very, very fortunate and probably one of the beneficiaries of, of the current situation. When we were told that we shouldn't be eating out at our hotels and restaurants, I have to say I did not sleep very well that weekend because food service is 80% of our business. On the Monday and the Tuesday, our internet almost had went into meltdown and we were getting unprecedented levels of orders coming through the internet as of this morning we have now done a year's worth of online work since the lockdown started we have we've managed to pivot for want of a better word into a a fairly strong position and i you know i fully appreciate that there are a lot of companies out there that through circumstances have not been able to do that well i've just had to grin and bear it to be honest i mean all our staff are furloughed at the moment there may be um towards the end of the season is is busy in 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 the agricultural center here that's what we're hoping for at the moment that we might get something from you know later on in the season but uh up until september at the moment i think it's 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 quite fair to say that it just isn't going to happen we are diversifying one bit um uh, our, our fish and chip units are very popular we've been asked actually in phone calls to 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 bring them to some of the smaller villages round about so um, to keep some of the staff busy in that work um, we've got the appropriate licenses etc so we're going to be going to be starting that um, in the next week or two but apart from that um, event side of it I don't think there'll be anything much this year to be honest yeah. Best of luck to Gilbert at Countryside Refreshments Gilbert's mobile units are a well known feature of many showgrounds and yeah I really feel sorry for him at the moment with a business that's so reliant on shows, events and large gatherings of people. It cannot be easy. Also in that wee segment, we heard again from Robert at Gilbraith's. We heard from Caroline at Ogilvy Spirits, Robert from Dales Agri and Jock from Macbeth Butchers. Roddy McLean from RBS has some other examples of rural businesses doing what they can to make the best of the current COVID-19 situation. I can think of one farm business that is a small farm shop but with a cafe restaurant attached to that that was unfortunately closed down they very quickly saw an opportunity to focus on producing pies and ready meals not only did they go through the farm shop but they started speaking to other local businesses to see if they would like a supply supplied those and actually did some delivered the services straight to to the end customer and that's worked very well for them in the month of April their turnover has been up threefold 
obviously there's some extra costs, but they've done well. They've shown the opportunity, been light in their feet, uh, and it's worked. Another one I can think of, a customer made a repurposed some pallets to make a picnic table for his young granddaughter. And there was some pictures on, put some pictures on Facebook and he got a lot of interest from folk that saw that, asking if he could do something similar for them. So he started producing benches, picnic tables, playhouses, sand pits, mud kitchens, etc. In this relatively short space of time that we've been, been in the pandemic mode, He's actually had to take on two other people to keep up with demand. Others, others have, well, have been reluctant to use some um, online presence. They have got an online presence and doing some on- online ordering, delivering. And there are some some farm businesses that are putting up wee stalls at the end of the road for potatoes and eggs, etc. Doesn't make huge difference, but it's it's always a wee bit of a wee bit of help, and it's bringing back the connection of shop local and here's here's where your food comes from so hopefully some of that will remain with consumers when we come out the the other side i just wonder in a general sense what advice would you give to anyone listening to this that's struggling in business at the moment because of the the pandemic or because of you know again coming back to the lack of shop windows over the summer or whatever it is you know um don't bottle it up. There are people like RSABI out there. Speak to your prof- the professional team that supports your business, whether it's your accountant, your bank manager. Governments put a lot of schemes in place to help support businesses with the the impact of of COVID on their business, whether it's a coronavirus business interruption loan or the bounce back loan. They're there to help. Bounce back loans a fairly simple process to apply for online and swift decisioning that you could have money within in your account within two or three days. Though there is unprecedented demand, which is putting pressure on our resources and I guess our fellow the other banks in Scotland as well to to do it. But we are getting through them. So I say don't don't bottle it up. Sh- share the problem. Doing that immediately releases some of the burden and the pressure that you're under yeah good i totally agree it's good to talk isn't it that's the thing and absolutely we've talked a lot haven't we in these episodes for the royal highland society about just what if anything could or might replace the highland show for this year and i guess we've got to look at what that would mean in terms of both social and business Interestingly, on Friday just past, there was an announcement, I hope you might have seen it in some of the papers, of the idea for an online agricultural show in partnership with the Royal Highland Society. And this is going to take place on the weekend of 3rd and 4th of July. So... I caught up with one of the organisers to tell us more. Hello, my name is Gemma McKenzie. I'm the farming editor at the Press and Journal newspaper. I'm here today to talk about the online Scottish agricultural show, which we are running together with the Courier newspaper and the Royal Highland show. Hi, Gemma. You all right? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Monty? Yeah, yeah I'm all right. I'm all right. So, Gemma, tell us a bit more about this um, show. So the show was born out of, um, I guess, the I, the notion that everything's off this 
for the foreseeable future anyway, in terms of agricultural shows and uh, feeling that people wouldn't be able to go out and show their animals, meet their friends, check out the latest food and drink, the new tractors and things like that. So we had an idea that we could maybe do something online, a virtual event. The show will be similar to a traditional show in terms of the elements that you would see. There'll be a section for cattle, competitions, horse competitions, goats, sheep and poultry. We'll also have a dog competition, a cake competition, which I know you're going to say, how does that work online? But it's a picture competition. And also a vintage tractor enthusiast can also enter a competition whereby they enter a picture of their favourite tractor and it's then judged and crowned, I guess, cream of the crop at the show. It will run across the two days and people can go onto a dedicated website and look at different links to things to see the cattle beasts that have been entered and we've got proper judges lined up to judge the the categories so it will be very similar to your traditional show but you just don't have to leave your home and you can stay at home and stay safe to take part good good stuff exciting stuff just in terms of the business angle of this this episode was really focusing on business can you see a, a virtual event people being able to do business um in 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 the same manner as they might at a, at a physical show? I would say yes. I mean, I spoke to one of our judges yesterday, actually, about what what he thought about the show and what it meant for him. He's a regular exhibitor at many shows himself, and he said shows are a great place if you want to sell your pedigree animals in the future, a great place that people can say, you know, they'll see that you've done well at a show or that you're out and about, so they get to see your stock. So in terms of that... A lot of these animals, especially the bulls that people are taking to a show, will be sold later in the year. Or perhaps it's the dam of an animal that will be sold later in the year. So I would like to think people would be able to do business from that sense. And for trade stands, you know, if people are coming to have a look at the different livestock contests, they're bound to go have a look at any offers somebody might have for machinery or specialist contractors and things like that. So I, I would say it does offer the same opportunity. You just don't have to walk around as much. Good. And one thing I did forget to mention, we also want to try raise funds for the Highland Shows educational charity, the Royal Highland Education Trust. We want to help um, help them with their work and educating youngsters about food and farming. So Everybody that enters one of the competitions will be asked to make a donation. So we're hoping not only will this be a platform for people to do business, have a friendly competition, but it will also be a a way to improve understanding and education about the sector. Thank you very much to Gemma McKenzie from the Press and Journal. For more about that show, visit the website scottishagriculturalshow.co.uk or indeed the Courier or Press and Journal websites. That's nearly it for this Taking Care of Business episode of On Farm. Unfortunately, we haven't even scratched the surface of the hundreds of wonderful and diverse businesses who attend and trade at the show, but we do hope we've managed to give you a bit of a flavour. Do get in touch with your thoughts, stories and ideas for future episodes. You can tweet us at UK. We would love to hear from you. There's just time for one last Highland Show thought. We're going to hear again from Johnny Watson of Watson Seeds. In your own words, Johnny, what makes the Highland Show so special? I think it's not compromised, it's 
traditional value of being the farmer's occasion with the town embracing what the farmer and farming community is all about. People are very polished up when they go there. They're proud to be at the show. It's the greatest agricultural show in the UK by far. And there's a bit of style. There's a lot of fun. And it's always easier doing business with people when they're feeling positive and in a, in a good place not standing in the steading with the rain driving at you both, desperate to get on with life. Whereas at the show, everybody's uh, feeling good, even if it's not just the sunniest day of the year. It's a special occasion. And I would say it's really got a very special spirit. And that's the thing. <laughs>